you know, you go, you know, ladies in their fifties, we're going from like mom mode to like back to like sexy mode. And then all of a sudden I realized I could do that and I could be, uh, you know, a, a person with my own thoughts and desires again. And I, I'm not just here to, to please people or to serve people. I can actually please and serve myself. Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy approach to non-monogamy. However, it's important to remember that everyone does it a little bit differently, and the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect our own. Additionally, we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please be aware that we aren't doctors or therapists. Consult the medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy. Well, welcome to episode 131. We're Finn and Emma, and today we are talking to Mr. and Mrs. Jones of We Got a Thing. Which is a podcast. It is. You should tell everybody that's a podcast. <laughs> in case they don't know it's a podcast. Uh, I was waiting for you to fill in that oh. piece. It's a podcast. Okay, about swinging and the l- swinging lifestyle. Non-monogamy. Non-monogamy. They've been doing their podcast for a few years now. They've Many got years. they've got a little bit of a head start on us. They, yeah, they do. But as noted, we're blowing them away in quantity of episodes. <laughs> So we're excited to finally have them on the show. Uh, They are doing great work out there, and we're excited to hear sort of a quick synopsis, well, a one-hour synopsis of their story, kind of a behind-the-scenes. Yeah, you're going to want to listen to this episode and then go back and listen to all their episodes to get more of their story. Right. And there's not that many of them, as we just talked about. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) no, really. They've done a great job, and we're super excited. So, but we first have a few announcements. Community announcements about our community Mm -hmm. and the speed meet and greet, virtual speed meet and greet. Tomorrow night. That is Thursday, June 25th from 9 to 11 p.m. Yep. Eastern time. It is something that we've done one of before, and it was great. Everybody loved it. Basically, we use the Zoom breakout room feature to break everybody out into like a group of two or three with a question to talk about. Uh, for a couple of minutes, and then we scramble the rooms up, ask a different question, and it's sort of like a traditional speed dating, but really more just to meet other awesome people in the community who who love the show and who are open-minded. Yeah, so this isn't specifically a swinging event or a polyamorous event. It's honestly just a meeting awesome people event. Yeah, you don't have to be either. You don't even have to be non-monogamous, No, to be you just have to be open-minded. And cool. And cool, sure. Yeah. So to join, you can go to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com, and click on the meet and greet button at the top. It's going to be $10 to join, and all proceeds from this meet and greet will be donated to Black Lives Matter Global Network. Yep. We're super excited about it, and we hope to see you there tomorrow. There's still time to sign up, and we're excited about it. So go do it now, and then come back and listen. Real quick, before we jump into the episode, we wanted to take a minute to talk about our new sponsor, Alt Playground. If you're not familiar with who Alt Playground is, they are an online dating site and community platform for meeting other open-minded and non-monogamous people. One of the things we really love about Alt Playground is they they have put a lot of resources into building and expanding their platform. And one of those is launching a new community feature where podcast hosts, other content creators, event organizers can have a community where everyone that follows that 
community can interact with each other and get to know each other and be part of that like-minded network. Yeah, it's a great way, as Emma was saying, to find other people who are interested in the things you're interested, not just our podcast, but anything, any community out there, uh, you can find people who are interested in those things. And, I th- and, and for us, it's great to see them building uh, and innovating different ways to bring people together other than the fact that we're just here to meet other non-monogamous people. So if you want to sign up, you can go to altplayground.net or you can go to our webpage, normalizingnonmonogamy.com and click on the button to join. And you can also find links there on our favorites, our favorite resources page. On our website, yes. Yeah, and while you're on that resources page, you'll see links to all of our other favorite resources, things that we use and love, not necessarily every day, but most days. Most days. Like our one condoms. And our and our STD tests that we get from STD check. We don't get tested every day. No, like every other day. <laughs> <laughs> but now, it actually, you've been quarantined for a few months now. It'd be a great time to go and get tested. That is true. And if you do, you save $10 and it helps support the show. So we thank you very much for that in advance. One last thing you can do while you're on our website, and we're sorry to keep piling on, go to the contact us page, send us a message, either a voice message or an email. We'd love to hear from you. Say hi. Let us know if you want to come on the show or if you have any feedback for the show. Only positive feedback. Remember, (laughs) (laughs) we're sensitive snowflakes. We would love to hear from you. And with that, we will let you enjoy this conversation with Mr. and Mrs. Jones from the We Got a Thing and they'll see you on the other side. Podcast. You were supposed to say we got a thing. Podcast. <laughs> I kind of like set you up and then and then you didn't. And do I it. failed. Yeah, that's all right. We'll try the, it. We'll try it in the outro. The we got a thing podcast. Yeah, it's a little late. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go. Welcome, Mr. and Mrs. Jones. We're super excited to have you here today. And we'd love for each of you to introduce yourselves and a little bit about you for those listeners who don't listen to your show. And we'll go from there. All right. Well, um, I'm Mrs. Jones, and we have a podcast called We Got a Thing. Um, We started in the lifestyle about six years ago now. Um, Stumbled into it accidentally on a trip to Desire Resorts and uh, learned a lot in a week, (laughs) came home and took a long time to process it. And as we were processing it, we're like, you know, if we would have had um, some resources to use to kind of start some conversations ahead of time before we went on this trip and, and kind of had to learn as we went, so to speak, you know, we just thought it would be such a a, a good thing to be able to pay it forward. And then, and then Mr. Jones, you know, kept saying, well, someday when we have our own podcast, you know, as we would listen to the very few lifestyle podcasts that were around six years ago, um, there were some great ones, but there weren't very many of them. And, uh, and I would just laugh and say, yeah, right. We're never going to have a podcast. And here we are six years later. Yeah, just like you laughed and said, you'd never have a threesome. <laughs> well, true. Yeah. I did say that for like 20 years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I'm Mr. Jones, and um, yeah, we, and and I want to go back to um, when when you said it first start when it first began. The first thing I thought about is when you guys began your podcast because we got this message from this couple on Cassidy, and they invited us to be on their podcast. And, and when I went to look for the podcast, I couldn't even find it. And then I realized you all said, "Well, we're about ready to start a podcast," and I thought, "Ah." Eh, I've, I've heard this pitch before. I'm going to wait until they get a couple episodes in before we make this commitment. And now you guys are 
Oh, you're probably like three or 400 episodes ahead of us at this point in time. So I do not know how you do this week. Yeah. Like, I, I oh my you. gosh. It's hard like, enough to do it every month. Bow down yeah. to Finn and Emma. I swear. Like, I do not know how you do it. <laughs> well, the trick is to use other people's stories so you don't have to do this every week yourself. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> that does help. So that's the secret sauce. Yeah. Um, but no, we appreciate it. And we're excited that, that you're on the show and that you're able that, that after 130 some episodes, it seems like we're going to stick around and you're willing to come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the, the threshold is 125, you know, once you know, <laughs> agree. that means we're not there yet. No, maybe. we're not even there yet. <laughs> Perfect. Well, and I don't blame you. I mean, there's a lot of new shows that pop up and you never know if like people are going to make it and to make it a com- you know yeah, a time yeah. commitment. It's totally understandable. For sure. Yeah. Well, I, I think people are naive as to how much work goes into these things. You know, yeah. it is a big commitment. So it is, it is, but it's, it's super fun. So we're, we're happy to be talking with you guys. And I guess maybe there's probably a lead up to this point, but you said you, you stumbled into it on a trip to desire. And I'm curious did you not know what Desire was when you booked the trip? I mean, their uh, website uh, has has uh, pictures. <laughs> yeah, the, so she uses that word, and I'm usually elbowing her under the table because we had gone to a an adult-only resort in Punta Cana a few years before that, and it was the topless optional. And I spent all week trying to convince her to take her top off. So finally, at the end of the week, she did. And I was I was in heaven. I never thought I would be in a place like this. Well, I wanted her, I wanted to go back again the next year just for that reason. So I could watch my wife be topless on a beach. So we went back the next year, but none of the other ladies were taking their tops off. So Mrs. Jones was refusing. And I said, you don't understand. I booked this a year ago. This was an agreement. You were going to take your top off. And, and so we got into a little bit of a discussion at that point in time. And she said, well, if you want to take, if you want me to take my top off, you're going to have to put some skin in the game. So she started Googling clothing optional resorts and desire came up. So when we booked it, we thought it was, well, we were clothing optional. We didn't really know about the lifestyle, but Right. So I mean, it just action. looked like a super sexy, like a sensual vibe. I, I mean, obviously I picked up on that did not know anything that it was lifestyle friendly. And I didn't even know what the word lifestyle meant. So we were truly naive, but we did book it like four months ahead of time. So as we were, cause I'm, I'm obsessive when I book travel, I love, I love to find the forums and dig in and, you know, TripAdvisor and all that. And so it didn't take long to find out that there were other activities there and then right. and we kind of like, I was like, I don't know, honey, I think we should cancel this. this you know, I, I think we might be like not comfortable there. And he's like, well, well let, let me do some research. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it was, it was stumbled in under the guise of we were going for the clothing optional piece and learned a, a whole lot. There was a whole lot more levels to it than that. So, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Were you nervous leading up to that trip or like more just excited and curious and wanting to just go explore? Both. I mean, I was terrified. Um, just the idea of having to take my clothes off in front of other people and, and then, and then the possibility that somebody might hit on us and how are we going to handle that? And which we did not handle very well. No, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we, we were just, we were so naive, but I mean, we did talk about it. So it really, like we learned so much about ourselves and each other in like the three months leading up to that trip 
because we, you know, we were like, well, what are we going to do if somebody hits on us? Like, that's going to be weird because well, we had been married like almost 30 years at that point. Well, the one thing that we did when we started researching, the thing that struck me in these forums where I like, you know what? These people sound normal. You know, they sound like they have good relationships. They sound like they're professionals. Um, maybe this isn't what we're afraid it is. And then at about the same time, we, we, we caught up with um, Playboy Swing and we started watching that. Of course, Dr. Jess was on there. So it was fairly credible. You know, mm-hmm. they interviewed a couple and I'm like, well, if this is, if these are the type of people and these are the type of relationships that really took the fear away from it, it was at that point in time, it was more just a curiosity. Yeah. Yeah. Had you talked about it in the, in the previous 30 years leading up to that point, had the idea of non-monogamy or swinging come up at all? I mean, you said you didn't know that the word lifestyle existed, but had the concept yeah, come up? Yeah. You know, there was a show on, on CBS, CBS called Swingtown, and it, and, and it was probably five or six years before then. Um, no, not really. I mean, uh, just a few years. But it, it was that, only yeah. on for one season, and this was network television, and somehow she found that the show was on, and we had nothing better to do, so we sat down on the couch watching it and i once we realized it was about swinging and i was we were sitting on the couch both staring straight forward at the tv and i would lean back and kind of <laughs> look out of the corner of my eye and thinking is she really liking this because th- these are swingers and it was funny because we started talking to the people on tv like we would say oh that's a stupid thing to do you should he would never do anything or i would never do <laughs> and so we were talking at the people on the screen but i think at the same we never time never talked to each other about it but i think that's never. how we kind of realized that we were both curious about it i mean i just thought it was like really hot and sexy like the idea was like super taboo but it was so intriguing and sexy but i never honestly put myself in that I position did. i didn't i was like that, you know i never thought, oh, I wouldn't do that, but I just never even considered it to be a possibility. Well, and so it sounds like, Mr. Jones, you said you did, and then well, I guess that brings us back to it's time to go on this trip. Had you, were you both starting to think, like, now we're going to be in this TV show, basically, but in, in Mexico? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we had an agreement that we would go and just we, – we didn't want to have too many preconceived ideas. or We, we just said, we're going to play it by ear. We've been married 29 years at that point in time. We trusted our relationship. We knew if we were making a mistake, we would get stand up and dust ourselves off, come back to the States and get on back with our vanilla lives. So when we got there, um, we did have a couple hit on us the very first day and it went, it, we were both scared to death. They as a were super fact. like literally aggressive. And well, probably not. Back then, it seemed like they really were. <laughs> no, they were because we told them we were new, and they were yeah, he said they no were really like trying to just rip the bandaid off. Right. And it scared me to death. <laughs> I, I like literally wanted to go home the next morning. Yeah, we took a walk on the beach the next morning, and sh- and we were talking about should we go home. And I said, no, we paid for the whole week. We're going to stay. And the same day, we went back to the pool, and a couple got in. Uh, and we, they were—they had just arrived. They'd been married twenty, almost, 20 yeah. They were almost our age. Years. We yeah. hit it off with them. The long story short, the, the we we were there with them for six days, and we went from just meeting them with no experience to girl girl play to soft swap to full swap in a matter of like three or four days. 
And then we came home and our heads were like spinning, like what, what the hell did we just do? You know, was that really us? So that, that's when we decided, you know, we probably did it a little bit too quickly and, <laughs> yeah. and we realized, you know, we're screwing this up. It might be a good idea. What it, would, would you think about sharing our mistakes with other people um, so that people don't have to go make the same mistakes that we did. So that's what the the podcast came out of the fact that we screwed up the first few times so royally that we just wanted to help people avoid those mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. Because you started the show pretty soon after you went on that desire trip, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, It was just a few months later. Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious real quick, just one more question about the desire trip. You said you, Mr. Jones had to put some skin in the game. Did he, did he accomplish that on that trip? Did you get more comfortable? Oh, he sure did. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. I just wanted to make sure that we followed up on that point. (laughs) Cause I would have made him too. (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) And the whole time, like the whole time I was booking the trip, uh, I was like, there's no way he's going to drop his drawers. Like, you know, I made sure the deposit was refundable because I just knew he was going to back out. So th- the whole, the whole thing was just really, um, out of both of our comfort zones. And then it, you know, it, it turned out we both, um, it, it went, and- ended up feeling really comfortable because the couple that we did meet, you know, they were, they were normal. They were just a great couple. They were there to have a good time with each other. Um, they weren't very experienced either. So because they, they weren't intimidating, um, and they were just really nice laid back people, it was just so easy to connect with them. And that, that environment, um, just opens you up to that because it's like, it's a complete escape from reality so that you can kind of say, what if, and it's kind of a a weirdly safe place to do that. Right. Well, and it's interesting because you said, you feel like you went too fast and then you kind of started the podcast to help other people avoid making those mistakes. But it also sounds like throughout those six days, it went pretty well, or was there a little bit of both in there? Well, it did go really well. It went well, but that's where I experienced jealousy. It was, you know, I think um, when Mrs. Jones was talking about learning, she didn't think I was going to take my clothes off. That was the first we learned so many things new about each other that week after 29 years. Um, and the, and the thing that, uh, we, we hit it off with a couple, we had a great time, but like after we had, well, after our first full swap, the next day, the four of us were laying on one of the beach beds and Mrs. Jones was holding the other gentleman's hand. And he was telling a very emotional story about his family. So I was kind of holding his hand for, to, to give him like, you know, it was an empathetic gesture. It wasn't like, I wasn't even flirting with him at that point. You know, we were just kind of connecting, um, as he was sharing a very personal story. And, um, Mr. Jones saw me like holding his hand and kind of rubbing the back of his hand as he was telling the story. And that just didn't sit well with him. Yeah. Um, he, you got very quiet. Well, I made it through the rest of the week. As a matter of fact, I talked to the guy about it because my behavior changed and I, and I, cause I kept telling myself, wait a minute, this guy just had sex with my wife and that didn't bother me. But why would, why would that bother me? I had no idea. Um, but a lot of it was again, uh, Mrs. Jones is an, is an only child. And she said, I don't like to share. I'm just telling you ahead of time. I don't like to share. And then when we get there, she didn't I have do. any problems sharing. <laughs> <laughs> so it was all of this, all of these new things that we were learning about each other that week combined with everything else that, that was going on. So it really took me 
another four or five months after that to kind of process through what I was feeling and why I was feeling it. And then we had to make a decision, look, do we just want to cut bait, you know, and, and go back to vanilla world and say this was a grand failed experiment? And I said, no, because I have some sort of an underlying insecurity. And if we run away from it, that insecurity is still there. Um, the only way for me to kind of work through it is to move forward. And so fortunately, the, the next couple that we ended up being with was the perfect couple for us. They were our age. They were very experienced. Um, they said, whatever you guys are comfortable with. And it was kind of the prototype couple that we modeled ourselves after mm -hmm. of just, hey, we're here to have fun. Uh, we'll go at your pace. This is about ha all of us ha having fun. It's not about anything else. And so that next experience helped me to kind of get beyond that first little bout of jealousy. Yeah. No, thank you for sharing. I mean, it really helps, I think, kind of humanize the whole thing, right? And Right. And I guess moving forward, right? I mean, one would assume you guys have been podcasting for six years, so you've obviously stayed <laughs> exploring. How has how has the journey progressed, or how did it progress? You know, after that. Experience? Well, I think we had to kind of decide. You know, how do we? You know, how do we feel comfortable connecting with people? And and we're both pretty introverted, so it was um, it was hard to put ourselves out there. Like we don't like big crowds, we both find pretty intimidating, you know? So we, but we're like, you know what, we've got to, we've got, maybe, maybe we'll like it. We didn't think we'd like taking our clothes off in front of other people. And what do you know? We do. So, so we just, um, deliberately tried different types of events throughout the next year, you know, to kind of see where we felt most comfortable and, you know, what was fun and, and what was, you know, more trouble than it's worth, you know, as far as, anxiety and, and stuff. So, you know, we went to naughty new Orleans and we went, you know, back to desire. We tried to find a couple clubs to go to. Um, we did a lot of local dating. Um, I think we really like the, the two on two experience, you know, meeting a couple for drinks and dinner and, and that type of thing, just because it's a more laid back atmosphere. And intimate um, there too. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we just kind of tried all the different ways of meeting people and to, to find out what we liked. And, and honestly, they all have their pros and cons, you know, so yeah, I, I don't think we have a, a one recipe for success. No. no, yeah, I think, you know, we found very similar. Some, sometimes we're into going to a big party. Sometimes it's more laid back. And I think it, it all depends on who you meet at those places too. Yeah. Sometimes it's not necessarily the party or the events fault. It's it's who you connect with and wh where that you know those relationships what, what what relationships might form from that. Exactly. Yeah. Although sometimes it is the events fault. But I was, <laughs> I was just being facetious. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah. but some, you know, that's kind of not not a false statement though, because some events um, try to target certain like groups of people. Um, certain yeah, demographics or certain styles. like play styles or, or such. So, you know, you're going to fit better in some, yeah, it, some events than others. And it may be a great fit for most of the people there, but if it's not a good fit for you, it's yeah. like, yeah, you have right, to yeah. find what works for you. So that's a, yeah, that's, that's a really great point. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's, it's good. It's a good idea. Like you just said, to try out different things and to try go to different parties, go to different clubs, go to a resort and see what works for you. And maybe it's, 
all of the above, just on different times in time, different in different times of your life. <laughs> right, right. Well, we saw some stuff that first year we never would have imagined we would see in our <laughs> lives. And when we would go to a place that was new, we went to a party over here in in our area one time outdoor. It was crazy stuff going on, and and it wasn't our style. But I said, "Honey, this is great podcast material." You know, so <laughs> it, it's it's we're going to come away with a win either way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think the statement, we've seen some stuff, that's the understatement of the year for, <laughs> for most swingers. So. Yeah. <laughs> but how, I mean, how has this journey, how have you seen your relationship change since you started exploring this together? Well, it's been an evolution. Um, we certainly, as I mentioned about that first trip to Desire, when you're with somebody for 29 years and then all of a sudden you start learning new things about them, it, it rekindles, it your, refreshes your relationship. We had a great relationship and we had really good sex life, but all of a sudden we just couldn't get enough of each other. It was all new and it, was, we, it felt like so sensitive and so just uh, on fire when we first got into this. Then as we settled into it and we started meeting people, we realized, you know what? For us, this really isn't about the sex. It's about the friendships that we're making and the, the people that we're meeting. And these are just, this is not people you want to talk about. You just talk about the weather or going to play bunco or, you know, the, these are people who want to know you and you can get to know quickly and they're awesome people. And then about the time that we um, were outed back a couple of two and a half years, three years ago now, um, you know, we had a choice to make. Should, should we get away from this and try to save our anonymity? And we had we had, we had this uh, discussion about we have so many good relationships with friends now. We can't possibly just turn that off. And our relationship benefited from yes, the sex was a lot of fun, and we got better at that and more comfortable with that. But it was more relationships with other couples and other people that we had never experienced before either. Um, so I don't know, but it still continued to evolve. I mean, we've had our ups and downs. It's not, it's not like, I think one of the things that people misunderstood about when they found out that we were in the lifestyle and we were outed, there was this assumption like, oh, you guys think you're better than anyone. You think you have to be a swinger to have a great sex life. And it's not about that at all. Um, it, it's just you know, something that's new to us. And it, and it gave us something new to talk about and another way for us to grow together as a couple. Mm. Well said, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but I don't, I don't want this to sound like it's all roses. I mean, we've had some struggles. I mean, you know, we've had times where I've connected with the other woman, maybe two or three or t four times in a row and she's had a rough time or um, you know, it may appear like I'm, totally into it. And sometimes she's not and we. So it really, what I think it's about, it's about how you deal with those ups and downs instead of whether that, whether they're going to be an up or down. Uh, and as long as we attack that um, as a team, and as long as we don't turn the wagons in and shooting, that's just your circle the wagons and shoot inward. Yeah. Yeah. That's as, not good. <laughs> yeah, as long as we're, we're back to back or side to side on this, then, whatever happens, it's still a positive thing for our relationship because we have to talk about it and, and work our way through it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's very well said. And have you two, ex 
or considered exploring uh, more like separate dating or going down the polyamory route or have you just not, is that not for you? I don't think either one of those are for us. Um, I am for some reason, and I, and I can't really explain it. It's just, I am not into separate play. To me, this is a, a team sport and, and yes, I have fun individually. Like when we're having an experience, of course I do. But a big part of that fun is knowing that Mr. Jones is watching me and deriving pleasure from watching me have fun and vice versa. Um, you know, the whole compersion aspect of it, I, that's very important to me. I, I just feel very confident the way we're handling our relationship now and the way we're handling interacting with other people. Now I feel like, um, we're, we're both on the, the same page and we're not, we're not kind of like listing to one side and, and, and all of a sudden we're going to have to stop and reevaluate our, our priorities and our motivations. Um, and as far as polyamory goes, like, like Mr. Jones was just saying, we've made so many interesting friends. I don't want to have to like limit myself. And, uh, you know, we've, we've got businesses that we're running and we have family that we're still very involved with. I, I can't imagine finding the emotional energy to invest as it would need to be invested in a, in a polyamorous relationship. Um, you know, that's just opening up a whole nother part of yourself and, and really it's a big commitment, you know, time and energy and emotionally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, and I agree with the, we're on the same page with the polyamory thing. I think, the dating separately, um, I, I would equate that to um, early on in the lifestyle, we talked about inviting a single male in and uh, Mrs. Jones didn't want to have anything to do with that. Then we got to a certain, and so I didn't really push the issue. It was just something that we chatted about and she decided she didn't want to do it. Well, then all of a sudden one Christmas in my naughty stocking, she gave me a coupon to go get a single guy. Well, once she expressed an interest in it, all of a sudden, that's all I could think about. So it wasn't like, I'm not the type of person who has this urge. I want you to have a single guy. I want you to have a single guy and try to talk her into it. But when she brought it to me, all of a sudden, because it was something that she was interested in, I was interested in it. So I suspect if she really wanted to play separately and she came to me and she said, hey, I really want to do that, that's probably something that I would feel the same way about, but because we've never really, she's never expressed an interest. We've never even discussed it as a possibility. Right. Yeah, no, it's, it makes perfect sense. And I think maybe it leads into a, a question that you touched on a little bit, but you said early on that you were, you were learning so much about this person that you'd been married to for 29 years. And maybe are there things that each of you have learned about yourselves uh. throughout this time that you had, never even imagined or never knew were there until you started exploring this? I, I mean, we have, as far as like putting my finger on something specifically, I, you know, I've, I've learned, um, I've learned that I have a lot more self-confidence than I thought I had, you know, when, when you get to be a certain age and you've, you've gone through the whole, you know, I've had a career and I'm, you know, starting to be able to be ready to retire and I've raised my kids and I've done this and I've accomplished that. And it's like, okay, now am I going to coast into retirement or what am I going to do? And then, and then here we go and we jump into something like this. So, you know, you go, it, you know, ladies in their fifties, we're going from like mom mode 
to like back to like sexy mode. And then all of a sudden I realized I could do that and I could be, uh, you know, a, a person with my own thoughts and desires again. And I, I'm not just here to, to please people or to serve people. I can actually please and serve myself. Um, so that it was nice kind of like taking that back and, and allowing myself to do that again. So I, you know, I don't know if that's really learning something new about myself, but it, it's something that I was able to accomplish that I might not have otherwise had the opportunity to do. Yeah. And I right. think, I think for me, it's self-confidence as well, but uh, you know, more importantly, and I touched on this before, but, uh, and it's all in our episode 37, but when we were outed, and all of a sudden, we're in a community where a lot of people know us. And, you know, our church calls us into this big meeting, and it's um, a bad meeting. <laughs> and uh, it was, we left there so emotionally uh, drained and hurt. And um, it, I, I was the guy who all of the old ladies liked at church. I was the guy who we were the we were the youth group leaders. We were the ones leading worship. We were we were the like everyone liked us, and then all of a sudden, it was the opposite. <laughs> you know, they really disliked us. And for me, that was a struggle because I had to think about you know why am I doing this and is this really who I am? And what I what I've learned is that I'm not going to be ashamed of this. You know, I have my wife next to me. And the, the characteristics that we're talking about, these fundamental things in the lifestyle about truth, about honesty, openness, communication, um, these are all bedrock fundamentals of a solid marriage. And we're learning about that and exhibiting that for others in this lifestyle. So I'm not going to be ashamed of that. I'm going to. Um, so, so individual growth for me came when I had to kind of come out and say, no, th- this is and I'm an introvert, so I've had to say, no, this is who we are. And we're proud of who we are. And we're not ashamed of who we are. So yeah, there's the lifestyle aspect of it where you get self-confident because other people are attracted to you. But I think because of what we've had to go through, uh, personally, as a couple, the, the growth has really come from many different facets of this. Yeah, you had to own it, right? Yeah. Like that. yeah. <laughs> well, and that would be a really easy time you know, back to your analogy of circle the wagons and shoot inward for you two to turn on each other. Right. And it seems like that was the time where where you most had to stand back to back and, and fight off everybody coming at you. Right. There was one night, um, not long after it all happened and we were still kind of in in shock over the whole thing. And we got in bed and he said something, I think I might've been crying and, and I, and he hugged me and he, he said something about, I feel like a terrible husband because I've gotten us us into this situation. I was like, you didn't get us into this situation. It's not like you were a caveman and you were dragging me by the hair to do this. Like we both went into this with our eyes wide open and, and we're both going to get through this together. I mean, it was just that, that was probably the saddest moment to me that, that Mr. Jones was owning that burden on his, on his own, thinking that he was the husband and he had to carry that. But, but this have, is a, this is a total team effort. Yeah, but I have to say then when when she and I, when Mrs. Jones and I went in to meet with the pastor one on one, he started asking questions, and she just like she her, she was leaning forward, she was very confident and passionate about what she was saying, and I just kind of sat back and I'm like, wow, 
you know, good for you because she, I, you know, she, I think you found a new level of a gear that day, a, a inner strength to, to come out. And, and I, you know, cause I, I wasn't the one that did all the talking. You, you came out as the woman and it means so much. It's funny because we've had a couple of other business. Now, now that we've been doing this for a while, we, we actually have an attorney and the first attorney we went to see, we were walking into his office and she, Mrs. Jones turned to me and she said, I'm going to do all the talking. And I said, okay. <laughs> because it does, if you think about it, coming from the guy, it's going to be taken one way. But when the woman s- sits up and says, no, absolutely, I am owning this. This is why we do this. This is who we are. It makes a huge difference in how people perceive your relationship. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. And, you know, when when you guys started the podcast and started down this journey, did you did you talk about what might how it might look if you were outed and if the rest of your life or or less of your lack for lack of the better word vanilla life found out about all of this? Because that's something that I think a lot of people, whether you're doing a podcast or not, it's always on your mind and how open you want to be about it. Because unfortunately, our society is not always as accepting. That's right. I mean. I mean, we did talk about it and, you know, and you think, well, we'll just have to deal with it when it happens, hoping that it will never happen. And then, you know, and then it did. And I mean, it was really uncomfortable and it still is really uncomfortable. I, I have friends that go to the same hair salon I do and they pretend I'm not there if they see me. Like, it's crazy. It, yeah. Like, I'm not a leper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we, we run into people in the street and they turn around and walk, the, you know, the other way. Uh, but, you know, the people what we're finding is the people that really cared about us still, they still, they care, still about care about us. I mean, we, did, we didn't lose yeah. all of our friends and family, but the ones that we yeah. did, it just it's really awkward and uncomfortable. And and it's just a shame because um, those are the ones that didn't really sit down and talk to us. But, but they're, they're making their own judgments without a conversation. But I think, yeah. um, Emma, your, your question, if, if we, so this happened three and a half years, about ha- three and a half years into the lifestyle. And it's been mm-hmm. three years since. Right. If it would have happened in year one or maybe early in year two, we probably would have turned tail and, you know, gone. But by year three and a half, our podcast had kind of taken off. We, we felt like we were making a difference in the community our relationship was really headed in the right direction. And we had made so many good friends that we were like, we were comparing our new lifestyle friends to the friendships that the friendships we thought we had before. And that's when we said we couldn't go back if we wanted to, because these people are in our lives for good. And so I think to your point, if, if it would have happened earlier, it might've been a different story, but because of the timing you know, we were already neck deep in it at that point in time. And like, well, if the cat's out of the bag, um, you know, you can't stuff the genie back in the bottle, whatever kind yeah. of cliche yeah, you want to say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. At, at that yeah. point, it's hard to deny it and, and, and you know, yeah. move back. Yeah. But it, but it really does put that magnifying glass on the relationships that you've built and the friendships that you have. Because one would assume, right, these people that have been in your church, you've probably been friends with them for 10, 20, 30 years, potentially. Yeah. And and they're not willing to continue to be your friend after learning something or about Or at least it. even having a conversation, it sounds right. like. Right, yeah, them. right, but, right. But somebody that you met six months ago at Desire, you probably know 
just as well as, as somebody that you've known for 30 years from yeah. church and and you can be yourself and you don't have to hide who you are Correct. Yep. and they 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 love you and respect you for that and i think that's something that that people it's it's really hard to strike that balance of i know that these people that i've met in the lifestyle or on a whatever in polyamory or swinging are so much more open and accepting of who I am, but yet I still care so much about what these other people think. And it's, it is, it is not easy. And we no, it's not. No, it's something that so many people struggle with, including us. Yeah. Right. And I don't, I don't want to keep, I don't want to keep talking about church, but I'll tell you this. I, <laughs> um, what, what you just described, Finn, is unconditional love. You know, and, and ironically, that's what Christianity is supposed to be about. So you know, where like, do we get our unconditional support is from the lifestyle community and the rest of our friends. It was conditional. We found out. I mean, obviously, for the past couple of months, we haven't seen any friends, lifestyle, vanilla, whatever. Um, but we've stayed in contact with everybody. And it's funny when when our lifestyle friends reach out to us. It isn't just, hey, miss you, can't wait to have sex with you, you know, when the world opens back up. It's, hey, how are you guys doing? You know, how are your girls? How are your parents doing? You know, they want to know about us and, you know, and our family because they, you know, they understand that we're real people. We're not just like human sex toys, you know, and and vice versa. And and we know about their families too and and care about their families. And And I just wish the whole world would understand these are authentic friendships. That's, it's why not, that's why we're trying to normalize non-monogamy. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, it's it's very true. And I think... Well, and you, yeah, you started but way before we did, yeah. too, <laughs> trying to do the same. Um, I, I just have to theorize that the people who turn and walk away when you see them on the street are the ones who, after they found out, they had a big fight because one of them wants to do it and the other one doesn't. And so you ruined their marriage by being yourself. That's my, that's <laughs> yeah, my personal theory. Yeah. You know, I, I actually kind of like your theory and your theory might not be far off in certain cases, you know? So well, it, there's usually an, like the people that get the most angry, there's some sort of underlying reason that probably has nothing to do with us yeah, that is yeah. causing that, that frustration and that anger and that, that unwillingness to listen because they've got their own guilt or shame or, or whatever it is. Jealousy. Yeah. 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 Jealousy. Um, we all have our baggage and we all have different triggers and who, like you probably triggered certain people for reasons that you have no idea why and we'll never know. And yeah, that's, it's really tough though, because it feels like it's all your fault, right? Like you moving past that and trying to realize, okay, I need to not, I need to own some of this, but I need to own it and be confident in who we are and what we're doing rather than feeling bad that they're upset about it. Yeah. Right. We, we've been- I mean, they know something about our sex lives now. We don't know about their sex lives. And, that, and that's normally not something you talk about with your everyday friends. Right. Um, but, but now the relationship is really unbalanced because you know, the, the people that found out, they listened to our podcast because they brought things up from multiple oh, yeah. episodes. Yeah, so they asked us a lot we, of questions. We knew said, they didn't listen to that 30 second intro, recognize our voices and hit stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, so they're learning a lot about us that they never knew. So that's got to be disconcerting. And I understand that. Um, it's got to be like, wow, like I thought oh. we knew them and they, they do know us. 
They just didn't know this part of us, just as we don't know that part of them. I think what the when we talk about normalizing this, um, if it took us eight or ten months to get our minds wrapped around this and we were interested in it, then we shouldn't have an expectation that when the neighbor finds out about it, they're going to be all, oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. And we get into especially now that we've been in this a while and we have a lot of, we have some friends that have made the mistake of your, your perspective changes and you say something to somebody thinking that they're going to just like it. And they're like, what, what are you talking about? And so normalizing this is not something that is going to happen overnight. You know, it's going to take a lot of people have to get hurt. A lot of friendships are going to fall apart. Um, but it, you know, the, I'm encouraged by, especially just the number of lifestyle podcasts now compared to when we started. Right. Um, it, and it's becoming more mainstream and, you know, to your point, Emma, uh, yeah, it, it is hurtful at first, but once it happens 10 or 12 or 15 or 20 times, you kind of just let it roll off your back at that point in time. You go, well, yeah. you know, I don't even have, I don't even have time to worry about that right now. That's your problem. So it does get a little bit easier. Uh, but but we try to keep that in mind that it's going to be a shock to people and and they have to have time to, to to kind of work through that and think it through. Yeah, and no, that's a that's a fair point. As much as I hate to say it, that, <laughs> that you you have to give people time to come around. And I think that's something that we actually we tell people all the time when they're talking about like, well, I want to bring this up to my partner. And the thing that we often say is that's, that's great, but you have to remember you've been thinking about this and that's excited right. about it for months and months or maybe years, and you're about to drop a bomb on somebody. You need to give them time for the dust to settle, to take it in, to understand it, to wrap their head around it, because you've got a you've got a hundred you know meter head start on them or even more, right? So yeah, and like talking about. Point having it like coming out and telling some friends or even or family, like your mom about it. Like it's, you have to give them time to, to wrap their heads around it. Well, I think one thing that we've learned is um, we have, again, we've been in this community for a long time. So we have a lot of friends, but we had to decide who were the ones that were so close to us that, that, that we wanted to tell them before they heard. And so what we've learned is when we control the timing and when we control the message and when we control the pace, like you, you, you say something and you watch them react and then you give them a little bit more. And so we've learned that those are the people that have accepted it the best is, is that we've chosen, all, we've, we've dictated all that ourselves, but you don't have enough time to go to everybody that you know and have this conversation. So a lot of it, people are just going to find out, but those are the people that we hope are further out of our orbit and, and our, it's not going to be as hurtful as it would um, if somebody walked up to like our daughter and said, Hey, I want to, let me tell you what your parents are doing. So we, we just wanted to make sure that the people that we cared about the most heard it from us directly. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, have, has the way that you've explored this shifted and changed over the last, you know, six years or so? Cause it sounds like week one, you were, you were at the full swap, milestone, which is what, what a lot of people see as the holy grail of swinging. So how how has it evolved? Well, we did come back, you know, and, and took a long time to process things. And then we, we did step back to soft swap for a good year after that. Um, and, and then we got back in it. We don't, we don't full swap with every couple we meet now. I mean, we just kind of let the 
like the dynamic kind of dictate what we feel comfortable with. And, um, and we really enjoyed that. Not, we, we enjoy that lack of pressure Yeah. to, to be that full swap couple every single time. Cause sometimes you just don't feel it and you just want to interact differently. But your, um, your question, Finn is, is how most of us think it's linear. Like, you know, it's, first grade through graduation, you know, there, there's, there's that diploma that you get, but what, and that's what we thought, but what we've learned is if it's about fun and it's about being social, sexy and friendships and just having a good time, then it turns into whatever the group, whatever the group is most comfortable doing because you, you're making a connection with people and that connection and that fun and that relationship is what we're looking for. So it could be full swap, or it could be exhibitionist or parallel play. It could be anything. And that's what we've learned was a hard, that was harder to get to that mindset because you, you obtain this, okay, we're full swap. So therefore we're full swap. Well, it doesn't necessarily have to work that way. You know, and as far as like the, the types of events we like to do now, you know, it has that evolved because like I said, we tried everything the first year. Well, we've, we've, gone to so many events and met people at like naughty new Orleans or desire where people were coming from everywhere. You know, we, um, and then we don't have, um, a local club near, there's one about two hours away. Um, and it's, uh, it's probably draws a, a younger crowd. I don't know. We, we just, we've actually never gone there. Um, because it, it just never, we always feel like we need a wing couple to go with and we've just never managed to work that out. So we, we like to, play more out of town than we do locally. Um, and now that we have our own businesses, we can travel more. Our schedules can be a little bit more flexible. Um, so, you know, we don't have kids at home. So we really like to, to travel, to meet people. Um, that that's kind of been our, our new way to play, I guess, when we get to choose just for the two of us. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the, maybe the thing that I'm hearing, and this is just kind of came to me in the last minute or two, was the the graduation beyond full swap is patience, and that you don't have to do this, this, or this with the everybody you meet. It's you you start to learn that there's an abundance of people and an abundance of opportunities and experiences to be had. And you don't have to take a, the first one that comes to you. And I think, or force one into what what you think yeah, it should be, because because that's where you're at. And I think that's something that I mean, we did it for Pierce. longer than we longer than we want to talk about. Where we were <laughs> like, well, we we're here. We might as well. We have to. This is the last time we could ever do this. And and I think you see people do that early, and it's those are the situations that wind up making it so unpleasant that it. Sometimes it is your last time because you yeah. you forced a situation that didn't need to be forced, and I think that's a really great place to get to is the the patience. The this can happen or it can. We're okay with that, and there will be another. We're live to live to see another day. <laughs> Once the uh, pandemic's over, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> eventually, eventually. Yeah, everyone's going to come back out of this just like I don't care who it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, not funny, right? <laughs> right, I know. <laughs> I guess that kind of leads into, I was going to ask, you know, we one thing we bring up um, with as many guests as we can is uh, sexual health and safety. And that's something I was hoping you two could touch on as well. How have you approached that and keeping yourself safe and having those conversations as you've navigated non-monogamy? You know, I think the fact that um, 
We, we probably don't play as much as often or as often as people think we do. And, and we're pretty, um, we really like to get to know people first. So I think it's just easier to kind of observe their history and the way they play and whether they're pretty mindful of who they're selecting. Um, and, and that just makes all those conversations, I guess, more natural because you have more time. You don't have to like run down a checklist as you're jumping into bed with them. You know, I, I think it just comes about as part of just a natural progression of conversation. So specifically, um, Mrs. Jones gets tested at her, um, at her doctor. Right. And then I use a service called Everly Well, uh, where they send the kit to the house and you take it all in your house and send it away. And then they email you the results. So to answer your question directly, that's how we get tested. But ironically, we are right in the middle of a three-part series on health. Like last episode was about health, wellness, uh, exercise, menopause. The, The podcast we released about an hour ago was about, um, uh, Men's performance, men's performance, performance, anxiety. And then next month we're talking about STI specifically with a doctor. So as podcasters, we've been, we've been, you know, I mean, you guys know this when, when you have a microphone and you talk into people's ears, they believe a lot of the things that you say. And so we wanted to be very, very careful uh, to make sure that we have the right person on that has the right message with the right credentials and that it's not coming from, necessarily the Joneses, but it's coming from, you know, this, a, a professional. Um, and, you know, the other, the other thing I wanted to mention is that, and very few people talk about this, people lie. <laughs> so, you know, even if you say you've gotten tested, how do you know, unless you're going to demand proof, which really gets clinical, this is such a wide variety of how people approach this topic that I don't know that there's a easy answer and a good answer, but our approach is kind of three pronged. It's, you know, vetting the people, you know, make sure we have a good sense of, can we trust them? And then there's our own testing habits that we get into. And then there's the conversations that we have with people. So I know no methodology is perfect, but um, that's how we try to approach that. And we try to recommend, that's why we're podcasting about it now, because we want people to hear um, you know, and learn as much as they can about, so they can make wise choices. That's the thing that we're, we say in our podcast that it's, we're not a how to resource, but we're a what if resource. So what if we decide to do that? Well, if you decide to do this, you better think about this. You better think about this and you better think about this. So we try not to come out as, as like preachy or dictatorial, but more, these are the things that you need to think about and you need to be responsible adults and, and educate yourself and make good decisions and communicate with people. And it's all of those things put together that create the environment where we feel safe um, with another couple. Right. Yeah. And assess your level of risk and what you're comfortable with. Cause that's exactly. what it's all about. Right. Exactly. And it's exactly. always a risk. I mean, mm-hmm. somebody could have gotten tested last week with a clean bill of health. And if they've had one experience since then, that test is now, or if they presented, they you didn't know, present. it, yeah. 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 No. And I think what you touched on was really great that, and, and we actually had this conversation with somebody a, a couple of weeks ago, which was about, you know, do they, do you often ask people to prove, their test results by showing them to you. And our answer was sort of, if, if we feel uncomfortable enough with somebody's answers, 
that we need to ask them to prove it, we're probably, good... we're probably not going to take it to the next level. That's right? exactly that is a right. great that's, point. That's exactly right. Yeah. And it's, you know, yeah, we could do it. And I could pull out my phone and say here. And, and I, you know, if anybody asked to dis- us to do that, I would not, I wouldn't be offended at all. But for us personally, it's, if I feel that I have to do that, that I can't trust the things you're telling me, then, then we're probably not a good fit. Right. And, right. And I think if, if you're the type of person who's like, I still want to verify and I, I just do it with everybody. Like, that's great. Go for it. You do whatever makes you feel safe and comfortable. But to your point of like, we get to know people really well. We don't just, it's not, you know, we met you an hour ago and now we're going to go do this, which like, you could still judge somebody's character in that amount of time. To be yeah. Honest. Yes. Right. Yeah. And yeah. it's, it's really about character judgment and then you can trust what they tell you. And, and I think what we, what we, again, what we need to be really careful about, and Emma, you just touched on this is everybody has a different risk tolerance. Yeah. If, if my risk tolerance is different from yours, I shouldn't condemn you for that. Um, sure. it, it may take me off your playlist or vice versa, but um, everybody should have their, I mean, we're, we need to be adults, we need to be responsible, and we need to forget about what other people do. It just seems like we dwell on that so much. And, you know, we're adults, we, we should be torchbearers. And I, we said this in our podcast last night, we're in this pandemic, you're going to rush out to a club again, look, the lifestyle people should be torchbearers for good health and safety in the lifestyle. We can't preach about STIs and wearing condoms and then run right out the, the, the first time the club opens and, and act like it's going to be normal again. Um, how does that look to the outside world who is just looking for a reason to condemn you for what you're doing? Right, right. Yeah, and that's a great point. And I think, you know, maybe just to not necessarily to walk back what I said, but to just say that if you're the type of person who doesn't really care whether you can trust somebody or not, and you're like, I'm going to have sex with this person. All I care about is that they can show me a test that says they weren't, they didn't test positive for X, Y, or Z. If that's your threshold, like go for it. Like, I don't, it's, it was more on our behalf of, for us, if we don't feel that we can trust you, we don't want to. Right. 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 But we know, we know people out there who are in that boat where they're like, I don't really care if they can tell me that they got tested and it was, everything was good to go. Then, uh, I don't really care and right. gr- great for them. Right. You know, that's, that's again, back to that r- risk threshold and yeah. risk tolerance. So. And to your point about right now, like going back and rushing into the clubs, like I, I feel, I, I get it. I, you want to go out you want to socialize, you want to see those people and go have fun. But it's just the, the non-monogamy in general gets such a bad rap sometimes in society. And it's like, yeah, sometimes I, just once in a while, most of the time <laughs> that I like, I would hate to have, you know, everyone rush out to the clubs and that's just another light shining down being like, Oh, look at all these people. They're yeah. out and spreading coronavirus. And it's, right. uh, yeah. So, um, well, yeah, not on, on to happier topics. <laughs> so, someday we'll all, we'll all feel uh, safe going back to clubs again. Um, I have a question actually. So you both mentioned that you are introverts, and how have you seen yourself, I guess, and pushed yourself to grow as you've become kind of is leading events and and in the podcasting world, and I guess maybe a bigger name than you thought you were might be at the beginning. Right. And how, how have you pushed yourselves to, to do that? Because I, it's, it's hard for introverts speaking as an introvert. <laughs> it's, it can be difficult. 
Well, I was a teacher before I retired. So I'm used to being in front of people and speaking to people, but I, but you know, but I also know that I, it, it, like it can suck the life out of you, you know? So when, when we host these events, I mean, we, we have a lot of fun and, and we've learned, I mean, you learn how to interact with people. Even the shyest person can be successful in the lifestyle because you just have to try, try again, you know, and eventually you're going to realize if you get up the nerve to walk up to talk to somebody, you might not end up going to the playroom and having sex with them, but you might just have a really nice conversation with them. You know, and, and you just learn from experience. This isn't going to be that bad. I'm going to be able to accomplish something. So I think we've, we've learned that, um, the energy we put into it, we, we just get so much out of it. It's, it's just very gratifying to host an event and watch people, you know, cause a lot of our listeners are very new to the lifestyle. So sometimes they'll come to one of our weekend events and it's their very first thing they've ever done. And they come in and they are scared to death. You can just see them like kind of cowering in the corner, like, Oh, what, what, how do we get ourselves into this mess? You know? And then you watch them throughout the weekend, just relax and kind of, you know, like melt into it and start talking to other couples and having good conversations with each other. And, and you, and, um, that is so gratifying that, so I've learned to, to take that and to use that as energy. So I guess I'm teaching myself to be an extrovert and to allow that to kind of fuel us to, to do it again and again. Yeah. And in my career, I did a lot of public speaking and and I think people misunderstand. I I think our, our um, friend we have in common, Catherine, the last event that we were at, somebody asked her this question and she said, you know, and I might butcher the answer. So correct me, but she said, um, sometimes if you're an introvert, it's, it's the way that you draw your energy. It's not that you're afraid to speak in front of people. It's not you're, that you're afraid of large crowds, but, but when you need that recovery, do you, do you draw your energy from that group or does that group suck the energy out of you? And how do you then go retreat and, and close the door and find your solitude if that's where you draw your energy? So we've had to learn, um, you know, how each one of us does that. And I think we're pretty similar, fortunately, for, yeah. for how we do that. But, yeah. but you know, we'll be sitting up in front of a crowd of people and just look at each other and say, why are all these people here? We are just the Joneses. How did this happen? You know, we don't, I don't, we don't really see ourselves as, well, let me put it this way. When you're, when you're recording a podcast, it's just the two of you, right? You don't see who's out there listening. You have no idea. But when you go to an event and you see, all of the faces that come along behind that, all of a sudden it's really overwhelming. And you realize that, you know, maybe we are making a difference, you know, maybe all of us together um, normalizing non-monogamy and all of the other people out there trying to make this change. It's really encouraging for us to see so many people show up uh, so many podcasters coming out and doing their thing because everybody's going to have a little bit of a different story and a little bit of a different comfort zone. And it may not be, we got a thing that draws you in. Maybe it's going to be somebody else. So this is really, it has turned into more than we ever thought, but at the same time, it's really energizing for us and it helps to keep us motivated to, to continue. Well, and as far as like normalizing non-monogamy goes, I mean, the, the people that come that you meet and, and that you meet at, at other events, I mean, these are not Larry the Lounge Lizard 1970 Leisure Suit Gold Chain people. These are really smart, successful, interesting, intelligent, like 
solid people. They have their shit together. <laughs> so it's just, it's fascinating to meet the wide range of people, like every profession and, you know, in every walk of life. Every age. It's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Every, meet yeah. all of these people that, that we all have this like crazy thing in common with. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's, it is a wild thing when you're standing in a room of people that are there because of you. It it doesn't it doesn't ever register for us. So. <laughs> no, not really. No, I'm with you. <laughs> so yeah, no, I appreciate that. And I don't know. Do you want to? Do you think they have any bloopers? I was just gonna say. I think they probably got one. Do you have any? Do you have any <laughs> bloopers that you'd want to share? That we like to ask this question to show that sex it's not perfect. And well, sex and also just non-monogamy in general is not perfect and the mishaps happen. Do you have anything? To other people. <laughs> not to us ever. <laughs> We've, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, she's probably kept us from a lot of bloopers, a lot more bloopers than we've really had. But what? So I'm the break and you're the gas. Is that well, what you're saying? No, like when we, we were out with a couple one time and uh, they were super attractive and I was just like, it, just like zoned in on this woman. She was so beautiful, but everything that she said was screaming. I'm not ready for this. I don't know why I'm here. Like, like she, it was one red flag after another. Like yeah. she was clueless. She had no idea what her dra- well, husband was dragging. Her well, into. I, I asked her, I said, so um, why are you doing this lifestyle thing? What do you hope to get out of it? She looked at her husband and said, well, we're not getting any younger. And that wasn't a good answer. And then I so so Mr. Jones and I are, are you know we're sitting at the table like we're at a booth and you know he has his like hand down on his leg and I'm literally like reaching over like ripping all of the hair off the back of his hand like you idiot we need to pull the plug now we are not having sex with these people then, I don't care how cute she and is. then I asked her I said something like like what is your thing do you, are you into women you know how do you play and she said I don't know honey what did you put on the profile that I like to do. And she's saying all these things and we get into the car to go home and I'm like, yeah, but we need to go see them. No, he said, he said, that wasn't that bad. I think she was just yeah. nervous. And I was like, you are kidding me, right? <laughs> so, so it was only a, if, if she would have let me uh, see them again, that would have been a worse blooper. Oh my goodness. Than... It would have been awful. She was so, <laughs> so unprepared and then, mentally. And, and I think there's been a couple times not to be, too specific. Well, there was one other time that we played with a couple that probably shouldn't have. And the, the, the husband, I think we've told this story before, but we ended up, uh, all four on the bed playing and we were full swapping and the woman was on top of me and she was just bouncing up and down. She was going to town. And in the meantime, on the other side of the bed, her husband was curled up in the fetal position because he just was overwhelmed by everything. Yeah. And, and poor Mrs. Jones, she was trying to console him and I'm looking over and I'm seeing what's going on over there. And I'm trying to get this woman to I mean, stop. I literally thought he was going to cry. It was that bad. And, and, and she it was turns, awful. Her, his wife turns and looks over and she says, how come I'm the only one, you know, having fun here. And she wasn't even, it wasn't registering that her poor no. husband is laying on the floor, sucking his thumb over there. And so anyway, that, and that was probably something that we should not have. No, left. that was a long time ago though. Yeah, that was a yeah. long time ago, but yeah. <laughs> I'm people can't see it, but I'm laughing because we've been in that position multiple <laughs> times and it is oh, not too many times, but once or twice. Yes. And it is and brutal. It's, it's brutal. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And you're like, oh, and where, where were the flags? Where did we go wrong? We, where we, we actually only ask this question so other people make us feel better about ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's it's really the only reason we do this question. So. Yeah, misery loves company. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, I mean, thank you both for for everything you guys have put out there and for for sharing a synopsis of your story with us today. And I mean, are there any final thoughts that you would like to leave people with uh, before we let you get along with your evening? Gosh, you know, I just I just wish everybody had the opportunity to be able to like look inside what the lifestyle community is. Um, because there's so much more to it than people from the outside actually see. You know, it's, it's a pretty solid community of, of people. And, um, you know, we all have our own ways of doing it. And some people are crazier than others. And some people are more timid than others. But you find your spot, you know, where you're comfortable. And then you you look for people that are kind of running at your same pace. And, and it can just be an, an amazing, fun, crazy journey that you can do together i mean it, it's it's a great yeah like hobby yeah. I, I think there's three <laughs> if things. you do it right i think there's three things i would say first of all develop your own thing um you don't have to pattern yourself after anyone else you don't have to even use the full swap soft swap labels if you don't want to as a couple find what it is about the lifestyle that you want to do number two Move at the pace that you're comfortable moving. You don't have to do like the Joneses and go from zero to 60 in three days. <laughs> sometimes that doesn't work, but sometimes you know that it might. Yep. The last thing is that, and Mrs. Jones says this all the time, if you're not having fun, you're not doing it right. Um, you know, so that's kind of how I would summarize all of this in a, in a nutshell. And I just want to say, Personal thanks to you guys, because we know, as we said at the outset, we know how much work this is. And you guys are amazing that you do this week after week after week. And you, uh, you, you don't have, you've had a lot of different people, a lot of different styles, a lot of different types. And I think your message is everybody's going to find themselves in at least one or two of your episodes, because you're, you're talking to the wide range of people out there. And it's really a good way to expose people to what I just said, it's not, there's not one way to do this. There's a whole lot of ways to do this. So good for you guys. And thank you for, for what you do as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, well thank th- you for that. Yeah. Thank you so much. And thanks for all the work you you're doing as well. I mean, that's I, like you said earlier, I think it's about, you know, the more people that are out there doing stuff like this and getting out there. And even if you don't have a podcast, just talking about it can right. help. And right. the more and more people we can have that happen, at least, have people start opening their eyes that it it does exist and that it's way different than what people perceive on the outside. So thank you. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah. One last final thank you and we can let you <laughs> get along with your evenings. It's quite a bit later there. So we'll let you get some sleep. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks again for having us on and uh, hopefully we'll see you at an event someday relatively soon. Yes. Yeah. Let's hope someday so. soon. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, so thank you again. Have a wonderful night and we'll we'll be in touch. Okay. All right, take care. And we're back. 
Thank you so much to Mr. and Mrs. Jones for coming on the show and reaching out to us. It was awesome to chat and we're so happy to get this episode out there. Yeah, for sure. One one thing that we did want to just quickly talk about, towards the end there we were talking about STIs and we did not want it to come off in the sense that if you had an STI, that that would disqualify you from playing with people or from people wanting to play with you. Uh, it wasn't what we were trying to say. We understand how it could be interpreted that way. We were really more trying to give sort of a situational uh, hypothetical, not that that is the way that the world works. So really, in our opinion, it's disclosing an STI is the beginning of a conversation of how to move forward to interact with people in a way that makes everybody comfortable, not a disqualifying event. Yes, definitely. The other quick thing we wanted to mention is that uh, Mr. Jones, I think, mentions that we have a mutual friend named Catherine. That is... we're not her friend anymore. (laughs) Wow. I'm just kidding. That is Catherine of Expansive Connection. She's a relationship coach and has been on a number of our episodes as well as episodes of We Got a Thing. Yeah, so we will put links in the show notes to those. And again, sorry about the uh, we need to be a little more careful with our, yeah, our discourse do. around STIs. the STI. So our apologies on that. We will be more careful in the future. One thing that we did want to remind everybody of here before we left was we were talking earlier about communities and Alt Playground and that you could find our community on Alt Playground. Under normalizing non-monogamy. I think you just search for us and whoop, we pop right up. That should be how it works. And we'll be in there. All of the other, well, right now it's a couple of members but if you join it's it's gonna grow it's gonna grow like a snowball hopefully except i don't like snow (laughs) that's true it's gonna grow like a beach sandball okay well sure that's the way all the the little grains of sand all of them yeah everybody each one of you is a grain of sand okay this is deep yeah well deep with that remember to go to our website normalizingnonmonogamy.com reach out to us say hello Tell us all of the things about you, and then maybe you can come on the show and be one of these amazing episodes like the Joneses. Next week, we have an interview with Marla. Yes, she is a super badass. Yes, she is. And the one of the co-creators of Sex Down South, which is an awesome sex-positive conference in Atlanta. Uh-huh. And it's going virtual this year, and we are excited to talk to her. She's, again... Uh, honestly a badass so you're gonna want to come back in a week i promise in one week and we will see you then bye everyone thanks for listening